Hello. Welcome to Codependent Shit. I'm back. I'm recording again after a fatty hiatus. <laughs> I mean, most of COVID I've been having hiatus because I've just been, you know, in it with everyone. And I record sometimes that I don't. But um, I've taken a break for the last almost three months because... Um, my entire life, my entire healing process, everything has taken a a 360 direction because um, not long after I recorded my last episode, my mom abruptly passed away on May 16th. Um, if you listen to the podcast, if you've been a listener and you've listened, like binge listened, which I'm amazed some of you do, and I give a shit to hear what I have to say to that extent. Um, You heard about my mom a lot, and you knew how much of my healing journey was kind of based around my relationship with my mom, because my mom raised me, and we didn't have the best relationship. Um, It was actually super toxic for both of us. Like, it just was not working, and... I think part of why I actually wasn't recording during COVID is because I was so around my mom. I mean, I always was because she was a huge helping hand with my son, which I'm so grateful for, for the time I had where she was helping me. She practically helped me raise him because his dad doesn't help me. And, um, I had to work and my mom would watch him while I worked and she was a part of our everyday lives. And, um, but I'm not going to lie. It was also crippling, um, for me to have her around so much because this was just, this was a relationship I could not heal. I could not heal with her in my life. And the, the sad part is I didn't want to lose her, not on my own terms. I always said that I was going to go no contact with my mom when I had the chance. Like, once I was financially um, independent enough, I was going to cut contact with my family. I always said that. And then my mom died out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Just went in her bathroom on May 16th. She woke up fine. I can't believe I can talk about this. I mean, I've been wanting to record something, but it's been the most insane grief process of my life. I'm still in the thick of it. Like, it's insane. It's one thing to lose someone, um, but it's a whole nother level when you don't even expect it. Like, you don't you don't know they're dying. You don't, like, know they're sick. They just die. It's insane. And this was my mom. Like, it's one thing to lose a friend. I've lost so many friends. That grief is so different than losing, like, an immediate family member. Like, I can't, like, I would say this is equivalent to, like, you know, a sibling, a child. Like, when you lose someone that close to you, it's another level of grief that I don't think anyone understands until you're in it. And, yeah, my mom woke up fine on May 16th. Um, I'm actually sitting where I was when I got the phone call. 
And I was actually about to be on my way to go to her house. My son was going to come over there. And I got a call from my sister that um, she found my mom. My mom was blue. Um, She said, mom's fucking dead. Ashley, mom's fucking dead. I found her in the bathroom and she is blue. She's dead, Ashley. And I'm like, what? No, she's not. No, she's not. I'm like hyperventilating. I literally was like breathing like like hyperventilating and trying to get pants on and get my son in the car to run, rush to her house. Um, and I'm like, you know, all I could think of is how shitty I was to her. I'm not going to cry. In the last days of her life. Like, I mean, granted, like, it was a two-way street. But... Um, Mother's Day was about a week prior to her dying. And, um, I did nothing for her. I just, that was the first Mother's Day where I was so angry and so, like, at a place where I felt like there was just nothing to hold on to at all with this relationship. Like, nothing. And, I mean, I was depressed for my own reasons. Um, I just you know, being a single mom, and, like, I just, it's hard, um, but I didn't do anything for her, and I made her, I just really upset, it was, she was really upset, and I, um, the next day, I came over, the, I got some discounted cake, and I wrote, I'm sorry on it, and I gave it to her, because I just knew I had to make amends, I had to say, I'm sorry, even though I didn't really feel that sorry, I didn't, um, but I didn't even hug her, I didn't even, I could tell when I gave her the cake that she wanted me to hug her, but I didn't. And, um, um, I also, I'm not even kidding, like, my mom passed away on Sunday. The Friday before that, I was partying. Um, uh, during COVID, I started to party a lot, a lot, a lot. And I'm talking with alcohol, drugs, everything again. Like, I completely, like, relapsed into who I used to be. Because I just didn't know what to do with all this pain that was, like, resurfacing. And I would just, compl- you know, I backslid a lot. And I was started using coke a lot. And I'm just being totally upfront. I, that Friday before she passed away, I was out partying for my friend's birthday in San Diego. And I stayed up all night doing cocaine. <laughs> and, um... I was having like a heart-to-heart with this, you know, when you're stupid and on those things, you think you're having heart-to-hearts with people, but it literally means nothing because you're having a whacked-out conversation that you're only having because you're high. Um, I said to this guy, we started talking about our families, and I literally said to this guy that I feel like I'll feel peace when my mom dies. And then my mom died like 24 hours later out of nowhere. So, of course, when I got that phone call and all this shit was happening, I was couldn't stop thinking about what I said. I had just said, um, and I was still kind of crashing on that Sunday. So, that was the worst experience to feel. I mean, when I'm cra- when you're crashing, you already feel like shit. But then to, like, go through that, like, seriously, I got a phone call and I was at the hospital over my mom's dead body saying goodbye within an hour. That's how fast everything happened. It was, there was no, she was gone already. And, um, 
the guilt I feel is like consuming and I'm honestly surprised I haven't dove headfirst into drugs and alcohol with this grief and this guilt I feel but I know after I found out she was gone at the hospital I'm sorry I'm crying so much (laughs) um the only thing I could think when we were in the parking lot and I knew my mom's dead my mom's dad was like okay Ashley like you have to get your life together for real now like you can't do this you can't do what you've been doing like she wouldn't want you to do that she never wanted you to do that like it's time to like really heal um but it just feels fucked up and wrong that um I'm gonna heal now yeah like I'm gonna heal away from my mom I needed to heal away from my mom I knew that and I knew like being so involved having my mom is such a big part of my life today as an adult is was holding me back from my healing but I didn't want it to not be on my terms I wanted it to be um I wanted to get to decide that I wanted to like get to some level of independence where I was just able to make that cut off myself and for it to just life god whatever to do it so abruptly and in such a um such a a fucked up time like when our relationship was the worst I think it's ever been in my entire life is just it's hard but um at the same time I know it's time I like really like I can really move on and heal now but it doesn't take away the pain you know she was my mom um I've said this before on the podcast like our parents are our first perception of God so because when we're kids we don't conceptualize God yet you just have these people that take care of you they're your means of survival and I mean, that's why I firmly agree with the fact that our parents and caregivers are what forms our ways we're going to relate, we're going to believe, like, our self-worth, everything, because that's God when we were first born. Like, they pretty much instill everything in us, so I don't know where I was going with that. Um, It's just crazy to lose that person because I feel like she was part of who I was. Um, and she was, and our parents are, our caregivers are, and, um, it's a new life now. I have a whole new life. Um, I don't have her help, so that's something I deal with. Like, I have my son. There's just so much shit I have to, like, figure out and deal with, but, um, it is what it is. But, um, now the real healing, like, I did a lot of healing while I had my mom alive. I did a lot of work and I couldn't let go of so much of the resentment and anger I had towards her. I could not because she was still abusing me to this day. And I mean, I was too. I would do it back. I was pretty mean. I mean, I was mean back. I tried so hard to tell myself like she can't help it. Actually, she's a hurt person. She doesn't know like she's not trying to. But she was so nasty to me that I would just I would be nasty back. I couldn't help it. And um. I feel guilty about that now, but I can't undo that. But um, healing after 
someone, if you have a relationship with someone that needs healing work and for them to just die is like a very surreal thing. Um, but I do want to say that you can still heal and it might even be like the next level of your healing, which is what I feel it is for me. I don't think my mom needed to die for me to heal, but that is what happened, um, for whatever reason. And now I, I, I get to get to this next level. I hate to say there's a silver lining, but I get, this is my time to move on with my life and start my own family and detach from this, um, this toxic family unit I came from and I was raised in. And I just do want to mention, um, we don't even know how my mom died still. It's all, it's under investigation. Like, I'm not even kidding. And my mom did not touch alcohol. She never drank. She didn't do drugs. She was straight arrow. But they did an autopsy. It was inconclusive. Now they're doing toxicology. It's been over two months. We still don't know. They don't know. They're still investigating. So toxicology, interesting. I will say that she got the jabs, by the way. Um, anyways, I'm not going to do my whole episode about my sad story, but I just wanted to let you guys know that, yeah, my entire healing journey has taken a new um, a new route. It is a whole new life for me, and I am now healing without my mom. My mom is gone. I am now in the dead parents club. Like, I have a dead parent. I never in my life thought I would lose my mom before my dad. Um, And now my dad's actually really stepped up to be, you know, a good dad, even though he's very old. But my dad wasn't around in my childhood, so now it's just so surreal that I'm, like, in my adulthood. It's like my dad is being a dad now after being, like, very absent. And not a good dad. Now he's like turned around, and now I lost my mom, and now like I'm just got my one parent now. Um, anyways, <clears throat> um, on lighter notes, because even though I'm in gnarly grief right now, I'm still able to look on the bright side, talk about other things. Um, I am on a show on Netflix. It's just, a, it's that tattoo show. I've mentioned it. <laughs> Me and my sister are on tattoo redo on Netflix episode three. So if you want to watch that, it's pretty funny. Um, the dynamic we have, you can see <clears throat> what a bitch my sister is. I'm <laughs> just kidding, but not really. Um, really <laughs> like people were thinking we're acting. It's not even acting. I swear to God, that was really how we are. And, um, yeah, it's funny to watch if you want to check it out. Um, but I also wanted to make this episode kind of just about getting like, you know, back to the basics and, um, because I fell off track with my healing journey for sure. Um, I wasn't, you know, implementing things daily anymore and, you know, reading things and taking I mean, being mindful of that stuff. I was too caught up in other bullshit. Like, some of us are going through too much trauma right now (laughs) to focus on healing. But I'm now that I'm, like, you know, my head's coming out of the sand, I can uh, focus more on healing again. And I'm, you know, starting to pick back up, um, like, a holistic psychologist. I just got her new book, and I'm, like in therapy weekly and I'm like okay let's do this so just something I wanted to touch on if you're kind of in a place where you feel like you need to re-pick up your 
your healing journey because you fell off, you got too much shit going on, you went through a breakup, you lost someone, you are just depressed because of COVID, you're scared because of everything going on. Like, yeah, I'm fucking terrified also, I'm not gonna lie. Um, is just starting, get back rooted in it. And that is just honestly one day at a time and to do small daily things for yourself. And I'm talking, if it has to be just one thing a day, that's fine. That's good. That's a start. Um, straight off like the holistic psychologist book, How to Do the Work, she mentions to truly actualize change, you have to engage in the work of making new choices every day. In order to achieve mental wellness, you must begin by being an active daily participant in your own healing. So this is anything for yourself you can do. One, once, one thing a day at least and you're like, this is something I'm doing for me for to make myself feel good little things okay this is sounds like it's such an easy task it really isn't um I'm just finally really making self-care is like a priority I have a kid but at the same time I'm really like avid about cleaning my most of my apartment I can't keep the whole thing clean but keeping it clean because I know it makes me feel good I'm not cleaning because anyone's coming over I clean because I like it clean I've also started, these are just slowly, things that are working for me. I'm just mentioning them. You don't have to do exactly what I'm doing, but I'm just saying things that make you feel good. You're doing it for you, not because someone's coming over, not because you're going to see someone, not to impress someone. You're doing it because you do it for yourself. Um, another thing I do, I start doing my nails. Like I used to just cut my nails down and look like a boy. My hands look like boy hands, but I also used to play guitar. So that was part of it. But now like, um, I started doing this at-home nail shit because I can't afford to go get my nails done all the time. Um, what is it called? Color Street. It's totally a network marketing thing. There's probably chicks from high school that have hit you up or like, oh my god, let me tie up my new business. But <laughs> these are actually legit and I buy them and I do them at home. It's these stickers that go on your nails and honestly, I got them delivered they came delivered. I ordered them before my mom died. Then they got delivered the day after she died. And I was like, I can't do this right now. Like, I don't give a fuck about my nails. I just want to curl up in a ball and die. Um, but then once I got the strength to do my nails, I, I was like, oh my God, I love this. Like, this made me feel good. It was such a small, silly little thing, but it made me feel so good. And I was like, oh my God, this is like, these are the little things I need to do right now as I'm, I need to get back on track with focusing on making myself feel good for myself and focusing on myself. Um, something else I started doing is going to the gym almost every day. I go every day possible. I started lifting. Like, seriously, with the grief and depression I've been in, I've tried everything, every possible way, you know, I'm in therapy weekly, I'm doing what I need to, but the only thing that is really helping me get through every day is to go get my body moving and get the endorphins flowing, and the chemicals that are produced when you exercise are, will alter your brain, I mean, I'm saying, like, dead serious, as someone that struggles with my mind, my mind's always been my enemy. Like, we're, we're like, at battle all the time. Exercising vigorously. I mean, I won't say vigorously, but getting exercise in where you're, like, sweating once a day makes me feel so much more sane and so much more in control of my emotions and so just less of a crazy person. <laughs> like, it's the only thing helping with my grief right now. 
But it's also something I'm doing for myself is to take care of my body. I'm also trying to eat better because what you eat, if you're eating shit food, if you eat junk food, you will feel crazy. That shit is affected. Your brain is affected by that. Your serotonin is affected by what you eat. Your gut, actually, I believe it's 90% of your serotonin is produced in your gut. Most people don't know that. They think that um, serotonin is only like a brain thing. Like, nope, it's correlated with your gut and if you're eating like shit you're gonna have anxiety if you're eating a lot of sugar you're gonna have anxiety like these things matter so being more mindful of what you're putting in your body little things that you're doing for you because you want to feel good and you want to be in in control of your emotions and your thoughts that come up and yeah just little small things you can do for yourself um is uh, something I highly recommend, even my my therapist was saying, like, right now, just do some one thing daily that you do for yourself. And um, once you start doing one, you'll add on three things, and it feels good. You just, just getting your feet, you know, back in, back in the grounds with, with uh, yourself and your healing. Um so something I also wanted to mention now that I'm talking about like the mind and how powerful the mind is and how in control of my mind I feel as opposed to when I'm, you know, not doing things for myself and I'm kind of just, and I've been drinking and I'm smoking too much weed and, you know, I let my mind run rampant and I go crazy. Um, But something I just wanted to talk about that the holistic psychologist mentions in her book that I thought was interesting is um, on page 14, she mentions the placebo effect, okay? Placebo is like a real thing. I don't know. Most of you probably have heard of placebo. Um, For example, this is a placebo effect. Like once my sister used to think my cousin would like exaggerate how drunk she was. And so one time they were out, they gave her non-alcoholic alcohol to see if she'd act drunk. And she did act drunk. And she, once they like finally told her, she said like, I felt drunk. Like what? And that is because placebo is real, dude. Like your mind is so powerful. And if you read this book, she mentions like these different cases where people had these insane experiences and they were given like placebo drugs or and they really because they thought they were taking something legit they really their body like went into a reaction that the drug would actually do and it just is proving how powerful the mind is but the reason she brings up placebo is because She's making a point of how powerful your mind is and how your thoughts really are impactful. So if like say if in regards to healing, if you're if you're on a healing journey, if you believe you're getting somewhere, if you believe like I'm healing, I'm doing this and I'm going to get there, you're going to get there. Your body's actually going to start sending signals and like, OK, we're doing this. Um, you know, what's silly. Another <laughs> placebo I I know from my uh, other stoners out there. Um have you ever taken an edible or something? I will start to feel stoned within like 10 minutes because I know I'm going to start to feel it. (laughs) 
like I'm like expecting it because I knew I took I ate it it's I consumed it I already can feel something it's so real um but something she directly says in the book is she says when our body expects to get better it sends out messages to start the healing process hormones immune cells and neurochemicals are all released the placebo effect provides proof that when we believe we're going to get better or feel better we often do it's a testament to the power of the mind to affect the body with mere suggestion so your thoughts and what you're thinking and what you're focusing on and your attitude about your own journey is going to affect how it goes. If you keep thinking like, I'm always going to be this person, I'm never going to heal, blah, blah, then you're sending that signal and you're prolonging it. But if you firmly tell yourself and know, I'm going to heal, I'm healing, I'm working, I'm going to work through this, I'm going to get to this level of connection with myself and um I'm gonna heal then you're gonna get there eventually have that higher standard for yourself and know that it's gonna happen because even the fact you listen to stuff like this or you read the psych- health <laughs> holistic psychologists or follow accounts on Instagram that are similar to hers you obviously care you're tapped in you're doing it you're starting the work but um it's a crazy journey. Like, look at my journey. Like, I people listen to my podcast and think I'm immaculately healed already. And, like, I have the answers. But I don't. Like, I'm still in it, too. Look at, I totally, like, relapse. I will call it a relapse during COVID. And back into my twenty early 20-year-old 20 self. Like, early 20s, I mean. Um, and that also is because I think I was dating someone who was young. <laughs> 24. So I started thinking I was 24 again, but I am not 24. Um, anyways, um, something that I also just want to mention that I think is just so important when getting like haywire with your thoughts and you feel that activation where you're like, your heart's racing and you can't relax because something triggered you, which mine is when I feel like I'm getting abandoned or like I'm being chosen over. I literally feel like I'm dying. Like my heart, I'll have a panic attack. My heart races and, um, my emo, my, your, I'm sorry, my, we, when you get activated like that, it's your nervous system. Your nervous system is so activated and what you, you have to ground yourself and breathe and like breathe through it. We just got to breathe through this shit because that happens to me still. And I actually wanted to also mention I'm doing EMDR again. And I don't know if you know what EMDR therapy is. I was doing it before COVID and then COVID happened and screwed that all up, but I'm doing it again. And I'm trying to retrain my brain to know that my abandonment when I was young is not still happening because I get so activated by perceived abandonment and oh it's just crippling man I'm so over it I just want to be in a healthy relationship one day like fuck how long are we gonna do this for we're getting there though you'll get there um this episode isn't too long because I just you know this is my first episode back post my crazy like experience I've had where I lost my mom out of nowhere dude out of fucking left field um it's just been surreal but I'm I'm gonna record a lot more again I need to get back in on this because this is something that helps me it helps you guys I still 
even though I wasn't recording, I still get messages from you guys. And I love the messages. Like, honestly, it's part of why I am doing this again. Like, I'm like, I need to record. When I'm ready, I need to record because it's the messages I get from you guys where you're like, this helps me. Oh, like, you know, you, you sound like a friend instead of these other podcasts I listen to where they're just spewing words I don't really understand. They're, it's just so, you know, doctor. It sounds like a, a doctor talking and you kind of like the fact that I'm I sound like I'm sitting with you talking with you as your friend and I am your friend talking with you (laughs) and that's was my goal with this podcast and I when I get those messages I'm like that's why you started doing this and you need to keep going because I don't get the what I love the most is just hearing like it's helping you guys and that was why I created it solely created it I was like I just want anyone that's going through what I go through to be able to find a podcast that is just something they can listen to and even if if they can't afford therapy because the fucking mental health system is so fucked I'm serious it's so fucked if you don't have good insurance you pretty much can get help it's fucked my sister needs needs help so bad right now she she found my mom's dead body dude she had to try to give her CPR and they were best friends like they were close close she was home with her and my sister can't get help right now because she can't afford help and and anything that's like Medicare, Medi-Cal or, you know, assisted, um, there's no availability. Like it's just booked up. So it's fucked that people that can't get help. So anyways, getting off topic, that's why I made this podcast because I wanted people that might not have access to mental health services right now to at least have like a podcast they could go listen to because that's what I used to do. I used to look for podcasts. And it would help me sometimes. Sometimes I'd find ones where I'd be like, this helped. And um, that's what I really hoped for. And so when I hear from you guys and you write me messages, I light up. It makes me cry. I just love it. And I love connecting with you guys. I love that I have friends all over the world from this podcast. It's like the coolest thing I've ever done in my life. Like, seriously, I love you guys so much. And thank you for listening to my ranting about these topics. And... um, as always, I want to recognize you for doing the work, for caring to do the work, for caring enough about yourself to do the work, because it really takes another level of awareness to see beyond being a victim, to realize like not everyone, the world isn't against you and everyone's not out to get you, but you play an active role in your own life and your relationships. If you have patterns, if you have a pattern of shitty relationships, whether it be friends, it's usually probably all your relationships. If they're not the healthiest, you have to realize you're the common denominator in that and that you play a role. And so if you're willing to look at that and start doing the work on yourself, it's huge and you are, you're awesome, you're brave. And I respect you a ton. So um, keep messaging me. I love you guys. And um, I will talk to you guys soon. Love you. Bye. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs>